Well, we felt led this morning to try to share our story. Um, it's long, it's very involved, and a lot of it's too painful to even share. Um, but we felt in awe this morning how God works, and we're going to try to share some of this. Um, we were very involved in a church uh, before we came here. We were there probably five, six nights a week. But God didn't want that. He wanted something more. He didn't want works. He wanted our pledge of allegiance for eternity. And uh, sometimes God has to do some drastic things to wake us up. God refines by fire. The Bible says that um, the Lord disciplines those that he loves, and he chastises those that he receives as his son. Only a loving father does this, but it's very hard to understand this when you're going through it. Oh, I know God loves me. He loves all of us. But sometimes he has to go that extra step to wake us up. Nineteen years ago, um, our family was in chaos. Our company went on strike. Our oldest daughter, she took off and joined the army. Our son didn't seem to be able to find which side of the law to be on. Our middle daughter, she fell ill with leukemia. And my wife had a baby all at the same time. She left her job to take care of the child with leukemia and the baby. I took on a second job to, uh, I knew the medical bills were coming, and they did. Every day was, uh, oh, sir, just pay the $50 minimum a month, you know. Sure, times 50. We were without food and uh, money, but we always seemed to have a nice big snowdrift in front of the garage every day. Um, there were the times we had to go to Children's Hospital once a week for the chemo. That's the saddest place in the universe to be. There was this one time uh, the baby had a kidney infection. She was on the first floor. And uh, our daughter had to get chemo. She was on the second floor. My wife fell ill and stressed out. She was on the third floor. I needed to be in the morgue. I, I went to her and I said, what do I do? I can't be three places at once. She says, forget about me. Go be with the kids. So I ran downstairs where the baby was, and she was crying. They couldn't find the vein in the little tiny hand. Finally, someone put a light under her hand to find the vein. I stayed with her until the crying stopped. Then I went to the other daughter who was receiving chemo. She was trembling and crying. All she wanted was someone to be there with her. I stayed with her, and then I went up to my wife and told her everything was going on with the kids. She seemed to be relieved that she knew what was wrong and what was happening with them. I remember looking out that third floor window onto that parking lot last night, and out of that window in that parking lot, and I thought, well, why am I standing? Why am I still standing here? I said, Lord, just give me the pain. Give me the cancer. I live long enough. I'm good at that, but if it's your will, just give us another day. Five long years, uh, the prayers went up as high as the clouds and bounced off and came to the ground. We were broken. God has carved us to the bone. 
There came a day when we were about to lose the house. We were a week away. I told my wife, this is it. We're going to be outside in the cold, the baby, child with cancer. I remember saying, this is my last plea, Lord. I said, all I want, I don't care if anything else, I need a roof over my sick family. I went on to work. Came back as usual and headed for the mailbox. I hated that mailbox. There's nothing good ever comes out of that thing. <laughs> I wanted to put a hand grenade in there and close the lid. Either I had to cut it off and throw it in a neighbor's yard. I, I couldn't take it no more. But this time was different. I opened it up and there's one letter in the bottom. I thought, that's strange. I opened it up and there was a check for $809. Not a penny more, not a penny less. But that was our mortgage payment. It was right then and there, I realized God is alive. He's on the throne and we're coming out of this valley. I want to start out talking. Um, God always impressed it upon me this verse, I lift up mine eyes, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I went back to that, that verse numerous times, that passage 1 through 8 in Psalms 121. Um, and he sustained me through this whole time. This isn't really easy for me to talk about. It's kind of dredging up, reflecting back what, what I went through. And the pain was so deep at the time um, but I think through it all, God taught me to be stronger. He taught me that going through this, I can help some person um, that's going through similar pro problems that um, may, maybe need the help. So that's why I think God brought us through. Um, he carried me through this time. He cares about every detail of our lives. Um, Sometimes, I'm the type of person where I feel like I can fix things. I don't know if, if that's just typical of being a mom, but anytime my kids get sick or have a problem in school or whatever, I think I can do this, I can fix this. Um, but that's not what God wants from us. He wants to lay us on our back sometimes so, we, so he can get our attention. And, um, and that's what God pretty much did to me. I believe um, what happened to our daughter, Carissa, wasn't just for us. Um, but it had a ripple effect throughout the United States. Um, my parents live in Arkansas. I think at the time this happened, it could have been they lived in, in Missouri. Um, but they sent word out to many churches around the St. Uh, Louis area, and it rippled throughout the whole United States where there were prayer chains going up everywhere. Um, I got cards from people, I don't even know who they were, that, that encouraged me and and helped me get through this time. And when I was down at my lowest, I would bring those cards out, show them to, to my daughter, Carissa, and we would cry together. People prayed for us all over the United States, and I believe that is what brought us through this time, the prayers of God's people. Um, I wanna go into now um, the struggles because he was working two jobs. He might not know a lot of the details that I, that I personally went through with my daughter um, and what brought her to the point of us diagnosing, of the doctors diagnosing her with, with leukemia. Um, so I might have to read most of this to get all the details in. My daughter, Krista, started out with a virus and the cough continually got worse and worse. 
And one night she came to, me, came to us and said, Mom, I need to sleep in your room. I need to sleep by your bed. And I'm like, okay. And so she made a pallet on the floor right next to our bed. Um, she was 14 years old at the time. And listening to her through the night with that cough that she had, it wasn't just a normal virus cough. It was deep into her chest where you thought her insides were coming out. It, was, it, was real, it wasn't a normal cough at all. And so I started thinking, my husband I know took her to the doctor's office twice. They gave her an antibiotic, but it didn't seem to be effective on her cough or her virus. Um, nothing was working. Um, Krista would have a friend that she would hang out with periodically, and one day her friend's mother called and said, you know, Krista just fainted while sitting at the table, and I thought, that's kind of strange. It's, it was a hot day, but you don't just pass out for no reason. And so I started getting worried, and so we decided to take her back to the doctor again. This time I was telling the doctor, um, She's noticing that she can't breathe at night. Her throat is swelling up where she can't get oxygen to breathe. She's passing out. Um, there must be something more wrong than just a, a simple virus. So right away, he checked her, her lymph nodes, her throat. And he didn't tell us at the time, but he says, we need to have a tilt table test done on her. Um, I didn't know what that was at the time, but it's kind of scary. They lay you back, and then when you come forward, you pa if you have something wrong with you, you pass out. Well, they did it twice. Both times she passed out. So they got really concerned at that point, and he offered to do a biopsy on her lymph nodes. I remember sitting in that room that day with my husband. When he walked out of the room after the biopsy, the doctor, um, and he looked at us, he says, I need to speak to you in this private room. That kind of stopped my heart and I went into a panic because I knew that wasn't good and he took us into this room and told us that our daughter not Hodgkin's disease non-Hodgkin's T-cell which is a very very strong uh, cancer that affects the T-cell the worst kind and she would have to be on a two and a half year protocol with chemo and radiation um, I bolted from the the doctor's office, I remember that day, and poured my heart out to God. Because when your baby's dying, you don't know what to do. So you ask God to help you through it. And um, it ended up to not be a two and a half, it ended up to be a three, three year protocol because halfway through her chemo and radiation, she got shingles, her blood count, or her counts went way, way low. She went down to 98 pounds, and we thought, she's not going to make it. She can't keep anything in her. Um, she was just going downhill really fast. Um, so I had to rely on God's wisdom, his strength, that he would bring us through this. So I talked with the doctors and um, told them, let's hold off on her treatments for just a little while until she can build up her counts. So we agreed to hold off on our treatments um, for a couple weeks. I can't remember exactly time periods, but it was a little while well, where they didn't give her chemo or radiation. They just held off to build her back up again. Um, during that time, she did start eating again. She, they had her on IVs. Um, it seemed to help her a lot, so then they started back treatments again. Um, 
you gotta understand, this child out of all four of our kids was the one that was phobic with needles. She was terrified of needles. As a five-year-old, when she had to get ready for kindergarten, it took about five nurses to hold her down just to give her her immunization shots. So this wasn't gonna be a piece of cake, I knew this. Um, so when they had to do the shots in both legs, when they had to do the, the, the pick line in her arm, and the first time they put the pick line in, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty. The, um, the, the vein rolled, the fluid filled up her arm, it got swollen twice the size, and so then that's when I knew I had to be her advocate. I probably was a very annoying person in the hospital because I was always buzzing the buzzer, please come and help my daughter, please come to her rescue. But I felt like if I didn't speak for her and protect her during that time, we wouldn't get through it, and that's part of my being a fixer person. As I was writing this, um, this testimony, um, the thought occurred to me if I would have only no known about essential oils back in those days. <laughs> it would have helped with the nauseous. It would have helped with the headaches. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> yeah, it would have helped a lot, but then I'm, the, the Lord checked me and said, no, I needed to fix this. I needed to be the healer for this. Um, so um, the point that I need to get really across today is the time when it was quiet in the hospital. I was sitting by the bed. S Sarah, our youngest, was in the pack and play. I nursed her through the whole time we were in the hospital. I was trying to be super mom and uh, take care of a sick one and a baby. Um, God impressed it upon me to pray for my daughter. He's, I'm the healer. You can't fix anything. Um, and it seemed like evil was all around me. Like the devils were just, I can't describe it, like they were trying to get at my daughter. I just felt so impressed. Cry out to God right now. Let him be here. You know, just ask him for help. So I put my hand on my daughter's leg bowed my head and I cried out to the Lord and immediately I felt there were guardian angels all around her bed I just felt the immense presence of the Lord in the room and I felt like at that point was a turning point for our family God helped the cancer to go away he cleared up her chest so the cancer went went away uh, the pick line they took out of her arm and put the port in her, in her chest where it's a line that goes, where the chemo can go through, no longer poking veins anymore. And I thank God for ports to this day because that's what helped us get through it. Um, she didn't have to be scared of, of needles anymore, poking her, her arm, her little arms and stuff. And um, God is the healer. Um, God heard my prayer and he answered my prayer. Um, my lowest moment, because I felt helpless and I couldn't fix her, God gave me this, um, I don't know what you call it, a poem that somebody wrote, um, and I want to read it to you. I noticed during the tr most trying periods of my life, there was only one set of prints in the sand. Why I prayed, when I needed you the most, that you were not there for me. The Lord replied, the times when you have seen only one set of footprints, that's when I carried you. 
And I thought it's so appropriate today, Paul, that you picked those songs. When you feel overwhelmed, God is there for you. The songs that he's the healer. He, he heals our sick. We just need to ask. That's the only way I think that I could have ever carried on every day. He carried me when I, when I couldn't walk on my own anymore. He stretched my faith. He sustained me. He calmed me. And most of all, I leaned on him for everything. He was my rock, and I give him all the glory. Through this testimony, I hope that it reaches somebody, and I know God impressed it upon my heart that I had to do this. It, Lee came to me a couple months ago and said, we really need to do this. I feel like somebody in our church needs to hear this. We feel like we're strong. We can, we can do anything. We can do it on our own strength, but God is the healer. He's the sustainer. He's our rock.
Yesterday's gone, sweet Jesus, and tomorrow.